Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming, the only podcast just like going to a diner late at night and taking a shot of syrup. It's probably a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. With me this week is Dave. <laughs> exactly. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, good. It's uh, going good on my end. That that was a great intro. Mwah, chef kiss. Uh, <laughs> or actually more like a which is the sound your mouth makes after taking a syrup shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so we've had some interesting times this week uh, when it comes to gaming. So uh, let, let let me start off to you. Uh, and uh, this is, ladies and gentlemen, is actually a a, uh, a public service announcement for you all uh, called "Back Up Your Data," and. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, by saving grace, uh, and and I will say that on the one hand, this is kind of creepy because I don't recall ever asking for this, but at the same time, I'm so happy they did this. <laughs> but my Xbox One over uh, this weekend on Friday night decided to get uh, apparently what is known as the dreaded black screen of death. So I don't know if this was due to like bad update when it was offline and just updating but what happened was i could turn it on i could see the xbox logo and startup animation it would go to black on that black would appear hi david and then it would just be black and i couldn't do anything but i could still pull up the menu however to shut the console off but i could not get the dashboard to work i couldn't even hear noises that the dashboard was working it just wasn't any video or anything it was gone and i tried many things and eventually what happened is the xbox just crashed and reset itself to factory settings and and i was very heartbroken uh i had a 260 plus hour save monster hunter world that i play with all of these guys on there and i was pretty sure it was all gone now the saving grace was when i started it back up everything loaded up it was fine it it was like nothing had happened but at the same time it was also thinking it was brand new so i had to you know reset my time zones you know but luckily i was able to log in with my xbox uh login and it immediately was like, oh, we recognize some of your settings from your previous Xbox, which is this Xbox, but we don't know that. <laughs> and so it restored that. And also it had apparently reset the factory settings, but it had kept all my games. So it recognized all of the stuff that I owned, what I had, but the save data was gone until something magical happened. So I started slowly just put... Uh, you know, just to test, I put in um, I put in Resident Evil 2 because that was like the last game I had finished, and just to see, you know, make sure is the save data gone. And I plugged it in, but then, lo and behold, Microsoft did a great gleaming uh, bright light from heaven. Well, actually, it was a gray screen that popped up, and it says "syncing data with cloud." <laughs> sure enough. All of my save data had apparently been backed up to the cloud. I had not ever set this to do this, but I guess since I do have gold, uh, it uh, did save all my save data. 
and it did remember everything. There were a couple hiccups, I'm not going to lie, but I got everything back, and uh, it, it took a, a long amount of time, but the only thing I truly ended up losing was I did have to rebuy a season of content for Killer Instinct for $50. Uh, well, I had to buy a season and a character for $50. And... Uh, and then I had to also take forever because I, I don't play fighting games really on my Xbox except for Killer Instinct because it's only available for that in the Dead or Alive series because, well, that's what I'm used to playing it on because from the original Xbox all through Xbox 360, that's all. Dead or Alive was an, ex it was an exclusive, so I've just kind of stayed. But with Dead or Alive having so much DLC that I've bought a couple of things from, and each one of them being its own separate download. I had to keep reinserting that game, and then it would yeah. be like, oh, we found some of your DLC. And then I'd go check. It's not all there. I'd have to open up the store in the game, and then back out of the store, oh, we found some of your DLC. You will have to restart the game. And I had to probably do that five times. And what was worse is I have Dead or Alive 5 and 6 on that oh. game. And Dead or Alive 6 had over 190 downloads for itself. It took forever, but I did finally get that all back. So, you know, for 50 bucks in time, that is what I was happy to have sacrificed to get all of that back. And knock on all the wood, everything is perfectly fine now. Fingers nice. crossed. Nice. <laughs> So I was actually looking into it. Uh, so for Sony, you have to pay uh, PlayStation Plus to get cloud backup. You have to pay for Nintendo Online to have cloud backup. With Xbox, you had to pay for cloud backup only until October of last year. It is now free for everyone. Beautiful, blessed Microsoft. I know you're probably using that data to also, like, recommend stuff. The game is probably like, you like Dead or Alive, and... Uh... Costumes that are scantily clad women. You might also like pornography, Dave. Jeez. Uh, well, you know what? They were already collecting that when you purchased it. This is just an extra little, nice little touch. I, yeah, I've, been, yeah. I've been saying for a while now that Xbox has been making moves that have been consumer friendly, and mm -hmm. I hope they continue that trend. That's what's really going to create healthy competition. Mm -hmm. That'll be good for the consumer. And I think what I'm going to do personally is I'm going to invest in like a series of flash drives and I, I'm probably going to even, I'm going to go on like Amazon, find like some nice end flash drives that are like in different colors Oh yeah. and literally, and literally color code the thing. So it's just like, okay, we've got the uh, dull green for Xbox one. We've got the, uh, we've got the uh, Navy blue for PS4. We've got bright blue for Wii U, you know, and stuff like that, just for save data, and label them and put them in a drawer and occasionally update them every, uh, maybe every six months. <laughs> well, well, maybe like not every, every six months if I'm continually playing on that console. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and it, inevitably, whenever you get, like, the next Xbox, everything will just transfer over, so. That's true, yeah. It was almost to the point, it's just like, should I just invest in a Series X right now? And it's, I mean, I got a nice raise at work, for, you know, because teachers get raises every year, so I was like, should mm -hmm. I? Uh, 
but you know, I didn't want to buy one off of eBay necessarily. Yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. Yep, no All warranty, right. no store warranty when you buy off eBay. Sad but true. Yep, right, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's confession time. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Oh, oh, and my father? Wow, yeah, <laughs> I'm coming well, up in life. <laughs> Um, I am the worst person to admit secrets. Well, actually, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Depends old, on how funny it is or not. <laughs> an, an old game, actually two old games, have sunk their teeth into me again. Oh. And I, I, it's, they're not letting go. I've, I'm, I'm addicted. It's, it's just straight up right in the veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them you won't be surprised on. Uh, uh, it doesn't, yeah, I was about to ask, does it rhyme with roast in me? Oh my goodness, Dave! They announced mm-hmm. evil, evil guardians. It's 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 so good. The the, the upcoming stuff is so good. Oh yeah. <laughs> the one that will surprise you though is back when we were kids, we collected Pokemon cards. Oh yeah. A lot of people collected them for the collection. That was me. <laughs> I collected them to play. Okay. Oh, uh, are you playing digitally now, or...? I am playing digitally, but the way you get more cards is you buy cards in the real world, and then you get a booster pack in the game. Okay. So, I've got... I've got cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. I don't I don't need them. I, I don't really want the physical cards. So, um, I never, like you know, go clean out stores just to, like, sell them and make a profit there. But I am probably going to put these online for reasonable prices just to make some of my money back. That's that's you. reasonable, right? Yeah, or, again, like I, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I when I tried to get back into it, uh, remember, I found some really good cards, and mm-hmm. it was when X and Y came back out. And so I had some, like, I believe it was, like, a full art uh, I managed to get like Yervertol uh, and uh, Xerneas, mm-hmm. and both like the full art cards, and I was able to sell those for probably like twenty five each, you know, a decent amount. But yeah. that helped me like recoup the cost of a lot of the cards. So I just sold like the select few. But then I told you I put them all in a box and gave them to a child. And, you yeah, know, and, just... and, and that's probably what I'll do is I'll probably like the standard cards. I'll probably give it to some of our friends who have kids around here. But the higher yeah, yeah. ones I'll probably sell. Because uh, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to share here. It's sharing time class. It's sharing okay. time. Um, I have a shiny Suicune. Oh, nice. Full out Gyarados. Oh, nice. Cool. And then... A secret full art Zeraora. Hmm. I don't even know who that Pokemon is. I'm a bit behind. Remember, I, uh, I played was... the last I played was X and Y, but I sunk like over 150 hours in that. <laughs> um, it that one is basically the uh, Celebi or Mew of uh, Sun and Moon. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Um, Interesting. Where... Its big claim to fame is it's an electric type that has an electric move that makes all normal moves electric moves. Okay. So that's that's pretty crazy. That's yeah. Good. So I, you know, I I get the cards. I go play online. I can play on my iPad. I can play on my computer. It's 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 so much fun, Dave. It's so much um, fun. Okay. Okay. 
You're judging me. I can tell. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was telling you earlier, I have a computer problem, and that keeps popping up while we're doing the podcast. I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be no, doing that. You're good. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm just... Now, is there like a league in your area that you can actually play, or are you no? I just, I just, play, I, I just play random people online. Okay, right. you're more in it for digital. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's exactly it. It's it's one of those things where, well, you saw my house. I, you know, we we have a decent house, but it is limited on space, and I just don't need these things all over the place. Um, I got you. So what I'll do, like I said, with the with the lower end cheaper cards, I'll either give them to friends or keep them for when me and my wife eventually have a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, um, no, nothing knocking playing with the, uh, the digital cards. As a matter of fact, that was one way I was able to make money to recoup again. Uh, some of the money I lost when I tried, uh, those digital codes, I got, I amassed like 25, I think. And so then I literally like put them online on eBay, you know, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would send you the the code cards for like. You know, I didn't put the codes on eBay, of course. You know, of I course. Uh, I uh, but I I just showed a picture of like the the front of all the cards and it just with the code on it and just like you know, I like started the bidding. I, I think I think I literally got like a buck each for it. So I like put up a thing at twenty five and I got twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no shipping costs with that. So. Exactly. I'm just like I even asked the guy. Uh, I can ship these to you, or do you just want me to, you know, take a picture of the codes and send them to you? Oh, just do that. Oh, that's great. Okay, here Perfect. you go. <laughs> yep. Very nice. Well, I think uh, let's take a quick break here for our sponsors, and then we'll get into the main topic of this of the show. Sounds good. Perfect. This episode is brought to you by Syrup Shots Gaming Podcast. Like going to a diner late at night, taking a shot of syrup. It's probably a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. If you like this content, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. You know that usual general stuff that people ask you to do. Uh, what's that? You want to leave us a review? Fantastic. You can leave a five-star review, wink, wink, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get this great content. Thank you for choosing to listen to us, and we look forward to bringing you more dumb content in the future. And welcome back, guys. So let's get into what we've been playing. Dave, what have you been playing? Oh, well, after uh, the Xbox debacle, uh, which what I had been trying to do is I, I've been wanting to play. I, I started off the summer by playing Resident Evil 2, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved the remake. And so I finally had to. And I had heard it was a shorter game. And since my time now that I'm working uh, during the week, uh, my time for gaming is mostly limited to weekends, so I was looking for something a little shorter before I started something longer. So I plugged in Resident Evil 3 uh, and then find out my, my Xbox had crashed. And uh, But after all that debacle, I finally did get to play it uh, last night. Really enjoying it. However, I can see why there are the complaints that Resident Evil 3 Remake should really have just been a DLC for Resident Evil 2. And uh, it is... I, I'm kind of kicking myself because I missed like some, school, some cool stuff. And I did really good in Resident Evil 2 with that, you know, being sure to explore everything. Mm-hmm. I even managed to, on my own, find all of the... Mr. Raccoon statues, which are these little collectibles you can, you know, break in the game, and then you get 
And apparently, like, it is, like, an extremely rare achievement. And I'm like, I didn't use a guide. I just managed to find them all as being so thorough. So I always thought, oh, I'll just be able to get back to this area because in Resident Evil 2, before the last point when you're going down into, like, the, you know, the under Raccoon City laboratory, uh, and even the game prompts you that, like, this is the point of no return. You could go back... And and you would have to solve puzzles to do so, but you could go back to even like the starting area of the game, pretty much. Nope, can't do that in Resident uh, Evil Three. So I'm kicking myself. I missed like uh, part of a jewel puzzle, which would have gotten me uh, uh, even more of an expanded inventory. So I'm kicking myself because I just missed. All I didn't do was I didn't pick the lock to get into the toy store because I kept thinking I would be able to get back there. And unfortunately, the time I did get back there, I had the nemesis on your tail on my, on my ass. And uh, he is so much worse than the tyrant from Resident Evil 2. Because first off, the tyrant was tough because it's just he had parental timing. It's like, why are you here? I would say nemesis is a bit more scripted and there will be events where he's definitely pursuing you. But when he does pursue you, he is a nightmare because he can use weapons. He can also uh, jump and leap incredibly far distances to cover. Uh, so he just suddenly will appear in front of you, just, you know, blam, you know, because he's leaped and hit the ground. And then also, uh, <laughs> I've watched enough anime to see where this is going, but he, he can sprout tentacles from his right arm which can lash out and grab you and like pull you back towards him. So like, like scorpions get over here move, you know? And so the last time I passed by the toy store, I had that to deal with. So Ugh. it's just, that's not happening. So, so I am really enjoying the game. I'm just kicking myself. Cause it's just, like, I'm a better player than this. I knew it was there. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So, but really enjoying it. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind trying that RE Resistance game, the multiplayer game. But at the same time, you know, I got to get some friends to buy that game. But it, I wish you could buy that separately, though, for like $15. So then we could all try playing it. But it's no, you got to buy, buy the whole. Resi yeah, well, you got to buy the whole big thing. How expensive is Resident Evil 3 now? I haven't the slightest at the moment. Because, again, me and Doug really enjoyed the, uh, the Outbreak series. But, uh, unfortunately, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, we got into it. And at the time, we weren't tech-savvy enough to figure out how to plug a PlayStation 2 into the Internet. And by the mm -hmm. time we did figure it out, it was too late and the servers had been shut down. So the game's down to 20 25 bucks now. Oh, well, I might bug all of you later uh, <laughs> or or maybe on like a Christmas or something or another get together. It's like, happy birthday, everybody. Dave, you got us all the same thing. I know. <laughs> it, I didn't right. say it was your birthday. It was my birthday. Gift for me. Exactly. Gift for me. All right. How about you, sir? What have you been playing aside from uh, digital Pokemon? <laughs> Uh, like I said, uh, the new season of Destiny started up, and the story is, man, just whenever they left Activision, Bungie has brought the game to a whole new level, where the story is actually told in the game and not just in the lore stuff. 
you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for everything you know mm. um it's it's really coming together the plot lines are coming together there's actual twists turns uh and they've got a really cool way they're doing the story now so instead of it just being like here's the story they're rolling it out week by week so there's like new missions each week um so it's going along in real time um so i'd say that's probably one of the benefits i would say for games as a service as long as you know they have like good story content or they've you know chunk it up broke it up like a uh, kind of like you know how like tv shows work like you know you you view mm -hmm. in once a week and then oh it's this for this week that's pretty cool yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll give you a prime example and for anyone who plays destiny and hasn't been playing in the last three weeks this is going to be spoilers but everyone else you're golden okay and i know you don't care dave Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> there's a character named Osiris. He is an old guardian that was uh he was uh exiled a while back but came uh but was welcomed back to the city after a bunch of stuff. Uh he went on a mission and his ghost, the thing that lets him resurrect, died and we brought him back to the city. Well, ever okay. since that he came back, he's been doing slightly and slightly weirder things and has been engaging in things that he wouldn't normally engage with he's been like playing politics with everyone okay okay turns okay. out when he came back it wasn't osiris it was the big bad savathun they've been building up the sister to oryx the taken king oh okay so he was so is it like a possession thing or uh kind of she basically had him captured so she could take his form oh okay. and so now she uh, revealed herself and has said, okay, you want Osiris back? You need to get this worm god out of me. So we now have okay. to help her to get him back. Interesting. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so it, it's... Go ahead. No, I just... I... Now I can't even remember my thought. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I have a thought about Activision, but we'll get to that after your point is finished. <laughs> yeah, well, again, Activision was more worried about the monetization and keeping that income flow. Mm -hmm. This story, these stories, you can... There's a, a season pass that lasts uh, uh, three to six months, depending on the season, where mm -hmm. you get extra activities. But they are not required to do the big tentpole things that continue the story going. And I think that's fantastic. That is fantastic, yeah. You're, is it mostly just cosmetic stuff for the season pass, or so the maybe season some, pass, some guns or stuff? The season pass gives you access to uh, a couple weapons um, and some things to grind for, and uh, weekly uh, missions that you can do. Okay, okay. Uh, but it doesn't take away from the main story campaigns. It doesn't take away from uh, the strikes or the raids, or mm -hmm. the um, Crucible, which is their multiplayer. Their okay, cool, PvP. cool. So, all, PvP, uh, PvE with uh, the strikes and raids, that's all still free. Oh, this, cool. Yeah, or part of um, the season pass, like or the actual big expansion each year. They do one expansion each year. I got you. Okay. Okay, now to my point on Activision, and uh, it sounds like... Uh, our, if listeners remember our last week's subject was the controversy that is Activision, which is still ongoing, and it seems that Activision is doing everything in their power to do 
the absolute least amount of mitigating the damage. And so I would describe it as putting uh, band-aids on gunshot wounds. So I even joked about it, how they shouldn't do this. Uh, but uh, And it was about renaming the character free from Overwatch. Now, they have decided to change the name of Jesse McCree, but, and I will address this, you know, at least they're doing this as opposed to, oh, we're just changing the name of McCree, but they've decided now from all of their games, they're removing all real-world name references. So, and plus or at least, they, yeah, they, or at least they, they're evaluating all of them, yeah. and for the future. Yeah, and said going forward, they will not use any reference to any uh, developer or employee mm -hmm. for naming their characters. Now, you know, yes, uh, the, the man, Jesse McCree, is clearly uh, a scumbag, so there is that. But at the same time, you know, we now have an established five-year character of McCree. However, what I could see them doing now is, like Tyler said last week, I going by his code name of Mad Dog, uh, rather than, and then if I would have them, r rather than, I would say, I would leave Jesse McCree still as part of the lore. And they have made mention, I believe you mentioned that Sombra even has a line that she's like, I know what your true name is. You know, didn't she say that to last no. week? Oh, well, what am I thinking? <laughs> mm, but that's kind of cool. But if I if I were them, uh, I would have it be more like kind of like a, a code name. Like, you know how James Bond, we're all pretty sure his name is not really James Bond. I would have that be like, you know, his false name. I would leave it in the lore. But, you know, now like this is the new thing. That was the old thing. It's still there, but we're not going to continue forward. So, yeah, his, like his, 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 his past has come back and he is now owning up to it. Exactly. And I think that would be a great way to address, yeah, we did this. And also at the same time, not alienate everybody, you know, who we have a five year relationship now with this character. But, uh, and, and then also, you know, I, I would think this would be a great, you know, like, uh, you know, thing, like maybe make like, uh, Jesse, uh, Make McCree, or we'll, we'll call him Mad Dog for for the podcast reason. Okay. Make, make Mad Dog actually more of a maybe he's now more of a, a Robin Hood, but uh, has a thing for rescuing damsels in distress or something, you know, things like that. And and they kind of showed that a little bit in uh, his uh, cinematic where he rescues Echo, and yeah. yeah, the damsel just happened to also be like an advanced robot AI, which was cool. <laughs> So, cool. you know, yeah, but I, again, I, I still say though this is Band-Aids on gunshot wounds. It's like, okay, well, that's a very nice sentiment, but uh, that doesn't solve the problem, Blizzard, no. <laughs> Activision. And, and evidently, they made things worse. Um, oh, they, yeah, uh, I heard, yeah. Mm -hmm. The shredding. Mm -hmm. Yep, they, they have apparently gotten rid of a bunch of uh, documents. HR that, documents. Uh, complaints. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> if you know, I believe we had an election, you know, four years ago, where you know the getting rid of a bunch of documents, you know, while might not have been terribly pertinent, it certainly was a sticking point for a lot of people. So, 
well, well, and if they're if they're so committed to the solution, you don't mm-hmm. solve a solution a, a problem by pretending the problem doesn't exist. Oh, exactly, and that's what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah uh, and that's I, all I want. That's all I wanted to say about Activision. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, make up your own mind and opinion. But uh, I think the industry is better with more inclusion because then we get more storylines for games that we really wouldn't have seen uh, before. And I think it has led to some really great stuff, but I I know some people do not share that agreement with me, but uh, you know, guess what? There is always entertainment, you know, going to be designed specifically for certain crowds and that's fine too. You can enjoy that, but you shouldn't shame or, you know, be argumentative with people, you know, for wanting the other thing that you don't want, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So act- Got- <laughs> she's white males. There will always be dead or alive to ogle girlies. And I am fully in the support of that. They should also make the girls version of dead or alive. You know, let's like make like, you know, for all for inclusion, you know, let's like 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 a hot Chippendale daddy like fighting game, you know, <laughs> extreme beach you... Chippen, extreme beach Chippendale volleyball. You know, if we're gonna be inclusive, <laughs> just just make He Man the the beach game. <laughs> no, see, I want uh, I want Chippendale volleyball uh, game because then I also want DLC characters uh, Patrick Swayze. And Chris Farley. <laughs> See, uh, I just want uh, DLC characters of Chip and Dale, the Rescue Rangers. <laughs> All for inclusion. I mean, I am I am a straight white male, but you know, I do find humor in a lot of things, and I, I think that I would, if they were to make that game just like like Magic Mike the video game just for women, I would laugh my ass off. And, and clearly, I would be like, that game is not for me, but I am glad it exists. Now, that is actually, hysterical. I haven't mm-hmm. played it yet, but there is a game I think that meets that definition. Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> Boy- oh, Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this the one where you can date your weapons? Yes. Oh, I have heard of that. Oh, that 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 was one I was just like, yes. All right. I I think we're going to make it as a society because just the fact (laughs) that that exists, uh, you know, and and also it's just like it's also not one of those, you know, oh, this is a game for girls. Oh, it's party babies. No, no, no. But I can imagine, like, a lot of, especially people I've met at anime conventions, will be all over that game. <laughs> it's on Game Pass, too, so. Oh, gee. I, I, I will pass. That game is not for me, but I'm glad it exists. Because I already have my own version, which isn't that Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. Can, okay, can we... okay. Can we just, uh, for a quick second, <laughs> I really hope the rumors are true and they're working on Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, I just, I wouldn't be surprised also, though, if we got Xenoblade Chronicles X on Switch, because... Oh, you yeah. Know, have, oh, yeah. I mean, because yeah. free money. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's one of the last few games that have not been ported over from Wii U, and it just as soon as we get that and the uh, HD remasters for Twilight Princess and uh, Wind Waker, I, I think yeah, I think we can finally put uh, the the tombstone on uh, the Wii U. Wii U. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, uh, okay. So, how about topic time? Topic time. Topics, yeah. topics, topics. So this mm-hmm. week, we are going to talk about what we feel are the best soundtracks for video games. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Dave, let's lay some ground rules here. So I want to make sure okay. me and you are on the same page. So when I'm okay. thinking soundtracks, I don't think individual song. I'm thinking okay. about a game whose whole playthrough is just banger after banger after banger. And that's what I was thinking, too. One of the rules and stipulations that I picked also was I left out Smash Brothers because that that game, of course, has an amazing soundtrack, but that's because it is taking and picking the bangers from the select games in the series and making that their soundtrack or reworking songs to be that soundtrack. So I left Makes that sense. out because it is it's a compilation of the best of. So, of course, it was going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. Mm. All right. So I'm going to start off here with one that is won't make sense at first until you really think about it. Okay. Near Automata. Oh, no, actually, I agree that that does make sense because there I, are some I still hum tunes from that game. Yeah. I listen to that soundtrack at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And, and I love the voice work that they do in that game. I, I, I enjoyed it so much. I was even looking up online. I'm like, what language is this? In? And come to find out it's a made up, like, like otherworldly being language they made up for the game, but yep. it, it still was so um, emotional and fitting that no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember just... yeah, the little robot village song with the children singing and uh, yeah. And I just like how the main the main theme at like with the different playthroughs changes subtly to match the tone of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yes, very much so. And just the, the like the like deep dum bum 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 like when you get into battle parts and I like also how they would mix in like uh especially some of like the robot uh the alien robot boss fight themes they incorporated like the voice lines of the robots as to what was going on in the situation. So, I mean, I don't probably have to remind you of the We Must Become As God song that, you know, sticks in your head because right. well, of, of what the robots were doing at the moment. And then at the same time, that was repeating over and over as part of the music track. Yep. Oh, chef kiss. Just mm-hmm. fantastic. Now, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add for your automata? I, I think we kind of covered the basics there. It, like I said, it's just it's varied, it's personal, it, it matches the tone, and it's just something you can listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did was I wanted to. I, I really gave it some thought because I was trying to think. Because there's one, the, the soundtrack, though, that for me, though, that I listen to weekly, though, is, uh, and, and it's really just banger after banger after banger, is Persona 5. I was thinking and, that one, too. Last yeah. Surprise. Um, oh, Last Surprise. Um, 
Beneath That Mask, the Rainfall Edition with lyrics. Um, uh, Last Surprise is amazing, but um, I also love the uh, Takeover version, which is in Persona 5 Royal, if you do a sneak attack on an enemy, it plays that song instead of Last Surprise. Yeah, and that's really good as well. And then, you know, you have the, like when it's kind of a melancholy uh, moment in the game and, you know, the music will change to shift and fit. And it always just seems really appropriate. We're always having its own unique style that is that, always clearly its own. And I, I just have a jazz a, sound. Yeah, the Shoji Maguro playlist on my uh I actually I have a a Sony Walkman which uh, has the Shoji Maguro playlist, but it's also got music from Persona Four, which and just to put in perspective how good Persona Five was, I enjoyed Persona Four to the point where I'm just like, wow, I don't think RPGs can get better. And then Persona Five comes out, and it's just like, now I don't know how RPGs are going to get better. Yeah, Persona Five was just like, hold my beer. Exactly, and. And just the music, though, is definitely he has a distinct style. And what was even cooler then is I was looking at his musical inspirations for that. And it led me to discover like actual like acid jazz bands that I now have on on the Shoji Maguro playlist, which is like uh, the bands like Jamiroquai and uh, stuff like that. So uh, that works along, too. But. That was what I was thinking as my more modern take because game music has just gotten so much better. And that was Mm -hmm. the one that stuck in for me for modern day. But I also tried to think, well, what was the one though that was first just truly to me, like was really like great music that really for me, like the first one that had ones that tracks that I still hum to this day. And I got to go with Super Mario 64. Oh yeah. Um uh I you know just and even we still use that music constantly for memes on the internet. Like if there's ever a Mario meme, you know, you're usually going to have like the Bob on Battlefield music or the or the race theme and uh like I I could even remember the meme now and it's just that race theme music but it's like a picture of them using like a uh a fish like salmon transport system to help them get above a, a dam that had not been built there. And so they have made this literal, like kind of like a hose shuttle system that literally like shoots these fish. <laughs> but what they did was they took the salmon and they put Mario music and Mario sound effects over it. So, you know, you just see this fish shooting through the tube, like, Wah-ha! you know, and stuff like probably to the, like, the slide it, music. Dun, yeah, exactly. Dun, 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 dun. exactly. That's what I meant. The slide music is what oh, okay. I meant by the race music, um, because I believe it also plays in like the uh, the penguin race and uh, the Cooper. Oh, the Cooper Co- race. Yeah, the Cooper the Quick. Yep. But uh, and then also you've got like the really mellow, just kind of soulful ones like Dire Dire Dot, mm-hmm. which I am deeply disappointed that Nintendo has not brought that song back for like other water levels. Um, but that was one just, you know, I, I mean, I made it a point and, and this was how hard it was back in, my gosh, it was 97. Uh, I had to, I managed to find 
and just also how you know you know little money I had at that point as a kid, but I found at Walmart, and it was this crazy like weird Nintendo Power box, but it included the soundtrack to Super Mario sixty four on CD. And if you bought that box, it gave you the soundtrack, and you got a year subscription to Nintendo Power. And I had to wait until that thing went on clearance for ten dollars before I could finally afford it. <laughs> nice. But I can still. What was great is so I got a, a year subscription to Nintendo Power because I think didn't expire, you know. And I uh, and I got the soundtrack, and oh, I you know just. And I kept that subscription until the magazine ceased publication. So, <laughs> but I still have that soundtrack in in case uh, I have a drawer filled with CDs, and you know that's in there. <laughs> nice, very nice. Yep. If we're going to yep. go a little more old school, because um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this as well, I'd have to go Street Fighter Two. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Uh, just that was the first game where you get really the music really amplified the fights and especially how it mm-hmm. like sped up at the end when you're getting close to the end mm-hmm. oh. yeah and certain i will say though certain stages were definitely better than others but yeah you know, like guile's theme you know goes with everything <laughs> uh I, I ken's theme uh oh just, yeah mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. I just I'm just hearing in my head right now. I I will go mm-hmm. on Apple Music and just try to find remakes of these songs and just listen to them over and over again. Even in the arcades, that opening, you know, that oh, what did they call that? That demo reel that to kind of excite you to you know to get people to play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, dun, 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 dun. and then you see uh, the two characters punch each other and then it screens up the building to oh, yep. Street Fighter Two. Oh. I can still remember Chun Li's stage that uh, the street the very, yes the street with the very clearly like Chinese influenced uh, uh, scales to, for using for the music and, and it, it felt very appropriate for uh, a Street Fighter arena. I remember yeah. Vegas stage being oh, very, very yep with the and they're like uh, aren't they flamenco dancers in the background yep. too? Oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. It, no, that was all very appropriate for that game. It's just, but there were some that it's just like, like what's Zangief's theme? What? Uh, <laughs> that is true. There are some, but the ones that are good, they stand out so much they, that they I... They were good. They were yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. That, that um, is one thing I feel like Street Fighter has always done a phenomenal job of, that Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. has just been... Dog poop on is the sound. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I've been trying to think. I'm like, what Mortal Kombat song do they, you know, hum continually? And it's one that wasn't even in the game. It's the, the, it was the Techno Syndrome song they made for the album that they advertised in the game. Yeah. I mean, Uh, the the albums to the movies, those are fantastic. Yes. Angle on there from Rammstein (laughs) and, oh. Juke Joint Jezebel, uh, KMFDM. Just great stuff, but even the soundtrack to Annihilation is good. Although that movie was hot garbage, but and, uh, I still have the, to make my wife finish watching that. Some of the best house music and techno music of the '90s is on those albums. Um, 
but yeah, Mortal Kombat is definitely like, and some fighting games in general, just, you know, mm-hmm. and I get that, you know, you want the focus to be the fighting, but at the same time, it's also really nice, though, to have like a jamming song in the background that just you know, pumps you up, gets your jock jams going, you know? <laughs> so, go ahead. That was one thing that I remember being so disappointed about when Mortal Kombat had nine because I was inviting people over. And I was trying to figure out how to do the, uh, you know, I know PlayStation 3 had advertised, oh, you can do your own game soundtracks to certain games and stuff like that. I was trying so hard to figure that out uh, for Mortal Kombat 9, and I was just trying to put the movie soundtracks in there, and I couldn't. <laughs> it, it wouldn't do it. <laughs> All right. uh, so yes. speaking of uh, albums that really get your blood going, mm-hmm. or, or games that get your blood going, it's not a game that's like super, you know, personal to me or you, I don't think, but had one of the best licensed soundtracks a game has ever had. Okay. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got nope. Papa Roach. You've got um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Goldfinger with Superman. Oh, that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, they've got uh, Rage Against the Machine. CKY. CKY? No. um, I I wasn't a huge Tony Hawk fan, but even I have to admit, you know, I I enjoyed playing it. And me and Doug did enjoy the crap out of those soundtracks. And I think Doug's even more so than me because he became the music uh, member of the family. I became the uh, visual arts member of the family. Uh, But no, the Tony Hawk games did usually have some of the best licensed music. Um, and then there were other games that tried and we might have one or two songs that are good. Like I remember us, you know, enjoying like the, uh, the 1080, uh, Oh, uh, cauterize. Uh, yeah. Cauterize, uh, 1080 avalanche soundtrack. We enjoyed that, but then they had other things in there. Like what was the band called like what finger 11 or something. <laughs> And exactly, I, I, I that that face kind of sums it up. It's yeah, like, <laughs> I'm Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and but uh, and then some games like play it up for fun. Like, uh, doesn't like at the end of like the uh, the Saints Row game, don't they play like uh, I Need a Hero? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And and I love it when they do that. But also at the same time, you know, these licensed soundtracks can actually become a problem is because oh, yeah. we want yeah, we want to re-release the game. Well, you know, you only uh bought the the rights to the music for da-da-da-da. And I'm like, is that how it works for movies too? Why doesn't it work like that for games? Because like when you release a movie and then like you publish the the the, the the DVD or Blu-ray, it's on there. It will be on there forever. You know, why is it so different with video games? Like, how does the license run out? I think the big difference is with movies, the film never changes. With video games, the game can change, so they no longer have ideas of if they're okay with it being associated with this constantly evolving game. Well, but I've seen that on the other end of the spectrum. Like, uh, I love uh, the Remedy universe games uh alan wake in xbox 360 mm-hmm. and alan wake had to go off the store for a while 
and, and the game had not changed. You know, it just they had to take off the game off the store because the licensing for the song Lime and the Coconut had expired. Mm. And it's just like, how does that work? And it eventually got back on, but it's just like that is so stupid, you know? <laughs> I, I imagine it was it was a problem that we definitely saw a lot more in the early days of video games, but as mm -hmm. video game developers have gotten more clout and let's face it, video games make more money than any other entertainment industry now. Uh, I, I, sorry, yeah, combined. Uh, yeah, combined. And uh, with COVID, it got even more so. And I was actually able to use this when I was setting up the esports program at work for the students because, you know, me and uh, the team captain for Rocket League, we got put our heads together and then we were able to find articles that proved that during COVID now, because football had the profits margin had gone down, it now made more than all combined. Now, before Dang. that, it, it made more than all combined if you excluded the NFL. But now it does because, you know, video game playing went through the roof because mm -hmm. of uh, COVID. And, <laughs> you know, yes, they might have more clout, but that still has held up a few things like, now, they didn't publicly make it uh, a thing at the time, and I think because maybe court cases and things like that, but Michael Jackson mm -hmm. had a hand in the soundtrack for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And because of that, though, and since his death, they haven't... Sonic 3 is stuck in a bit of a limbo area because, you know, his name is still associated with that music, and the estate is... Still wants that money but it's just kind of like that game is over 20 years old you know <laughs> and he wasn't even credited because of stuff like that but you know he he, he might not be credited in game but he's you know he, he's still credited on the paperwork i guess yeah um that reminds me there's a great new documentary on uh netflix you should check out on bob ross mm -hmm. oh yes and yeah. how uh after someone passes, you know, that's made such an impact, how even if it goes against their wishes, the estate or the holder of the IT, the intellectual property can just ruin things. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think one of the best I've uh, heard about those actually was um, Harper Lee. And uh, I, it was actually done by the comedian uh, Randy Feltface. <laughs> Okay. And he, he uh, Harper Lee, you know, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And then, you know, the, basically she wrote such a good book uh, that was so monumental for his time that it was just like she never she never wrote anything else. But she had previously written Ghosts at a Watchman, which was the sequel she had mm -hmm. actually written before. Um, I and I might be misquoting, but she had written. Would it has had actually been written, I think, before To Kill a Mockingbird, decided it wasn't very good. And then after the success of To Kill a Mockingbird and how it became this, um, you know, kind of this linchpin, especially for like race relations and stuff like that, she's just like, I'm never going to release this. Then, you know, as it keeps going, she starts, you know, losing, you know, starts suffering from dementia and senility. And uh, luckily, her older sister had been her manager for years, and apparently there was this lawyer for the estate who, you know, 
saw that, oh, there's this book locked away in a, basically a vault that the unpublished Harper Lee novel that uh, she did not want published, but, uh, you know, and the sister, luckily the older sister managed to hold him off for the longest time, but the woman eventually passed at like a hundred, you know, and then yeah. with Harper Lee's suffering senility, this guy finally was able to, you know, get her to sign on the dotted line. Yes, we can release this book, you know, as she's out of her mind. But, and then now people were just kind of like, you know, um, well, Scout's dad, you know, uh, really, Atticus you know, Finch. Atticus Finch. Oh, Atticus Finch was actually, you know, like, oh, he was actually a terrible man. And it's just kind of like, wow, you know, because you were so greedy, you know, you seem to have undone a lot, you know. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Atticus, you know, I haven't read that novel since high school, but, you know, it does. The movie with Greg Peck does leave such an impact on you. But oh, it's just it really like, does. Yeah. That might be the pinnacle of acting. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of. <laughs> it's just so weird how these rights and such can be such a pain in the butt after someone's even gone. <laughs> but sorry, this is a gaming podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But to bring it back from gaming, you can watch the entirety of To Kill a Mockingbird on the video game The Darkness. <laughs> really? You meet up with your girlfriend, and you sit on her couch to watch TV in like a nice somber moment, and To Kill a Mockingbird starts playing on the TV, the actual film. And if you want to, you can sit and watch the whole movie. Now, they expect you to maybe leave after like a minute or two. If you stay longer than five, you get an achievement. There's no achievement for watching the whole thing, however. <laughs> there should be. <laughs> yeah, there should be, but there's not. So if you're ever interested in To Kill a Mockingbird, but then also at the same time, you know, being possessed by an ancient eldritch uh, force of, you know, the void of what the universe was before creation, you know, and then killing, you know, gangsters and mobsters with goblins and tentacles. Yeah, you know, there's that. Good game, real good game, made by Starbreeze. <laughs> That's one I've never played that I've always thought I need to give a go. Yep. And apparently, like, uh, their Chronicles of Riddick game was actually one of the best licensed games of all time, too. So, Escape from Butcher Bay. <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows? That, that bring, reminds bring it me in, I was going to say, that reminds me of another great game soundtrack. I, I need a, a shout out. Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World soundtrack by Anamanaguchi. Yes, that is a great soundtrack. That that's the, probably the only Scott Pilgrim medium that I think I actually truly enjoy is the game. Yeah, uh, you know, I, and I might lose my nerd cred for you know with Scott Pilgrim, I just find the character of Scott so unlikable and. Uh, but, you know, the game is just so much fun, and, and all the scenes are told in, like, old-school pantomime, so it makes it a bit more charming, the fact that, you know, he, you know, he's willing to, you know, you know, completely disregard this uh, com young, impressionable girl, while at the same time beating up all of the exes to this one uh, other girl, just so he has a chance with dating her, and it's just like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. I, I do feel the comics do a better job of of fleshing out, making go, yes, he has been terrible, and it's him owning up to it. Mm -hmm. The movie, not so much. It did not give that 
uh, that closure it needed. Mm-hmm. But that movie had style for days. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. And it, and it was great to hear, like, game music and stuff in the background. But I guess maybe another thing, like, I felt it a little bit of pandering, and it's just... I guess I was still coming out of the feeling. It's just like, wow, a movie finally made made for you know people like me. But I'm just like, but at the same time, I had been made fun of through all of elementary and middle school, and it wasn't until high school when people started realizing, oh, this stuff is fun, and oh, PlayStation Two is cool, you know, that right. it's just kind of like you guys made fun of me for this same crap for years, and now we have a movie that's completely pandering for me and i guess some people took it in stride but at, at the same time i was also kind of like you <laughs> that's one i'll probably have to censor there yep yep <laughs> <laughs> or you can at least let it just say holes you know <laughs> or I'll, i might just put in you donut holes yes donut <laughs> donut well, any other major gaming uh, calls you want to give, Dave? For any, for music, for soundtrack, uh, for soundtrack, yeah. Uh, I'm trying. You know, I, I basically said my two big ones that I constantly keep on. You know, my my little Sony digital Walkman that I use. Um, there are other games that I definitely pull soundtracks from. I do have to give a big shout out for uh, the Doom soundtracks for the last two games. Uh, Mick mm-hmm. Gordon's work was spectacular. But at the same time, they fit very appropriately for the games. However, uh, I guess for the style, though, they aren't uh, necessarily the ones I am uh, listening to all the time uh, in my own personal time. But I still got to love, you know, there's a reason the meme exists called when the Doom music kicks in, and it's just, oh... That stuff was amazing, and it definitely got you amped for whatever was coming your way in that game. Oh yeah, and just and uh, just all the work that he put in, so that even the transitions between songs were just seamless, was amazing. And so and that that's an that's another one I feel deserves a great shout out. I'm gonna shout out one more game here because I remember you would listen to it in your car all the time in high school. Oh yeah. The soundtrack to Sonic Adventure 2. Yep, yep. I did City listen Escape. to that a lot. Oh. Crush 40. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Follow uh, me. Yep. Escape from the City was a great song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, Sega for a while there, especially with Adventure 1 and Adventure 2, it had some really good stuff going. And then it's just kind of like... You know, and and there were I always found that there were things to enjoy about some of the others. Like I enjoyed Sonic Hero, uh, mm-hmm. I, it, but then it's just like you know they kept hyping promises and then they just never returned on those promises. Yeah, yeah. Sonic I, wait- Six. <laughs> I'm still see- waiting to see where Sonic goes in the future. You know, Sonic Mania was fantastic, but yeah, it was. And, and Sonic Forces was, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think they really need to just realize that Sonic's not really made for 3D. It, it's it, it's a great 2D game that yeah. really gives you a sense of speed, but mm-hmm. the 3D ones have always been, the gameplay has it, been nothing more than okay. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, it, adventure was probably not. What was the one for the? Oh, I'm I'm getting them mixed up because we all Sonic Adventure was probably the best 3D one they had, and I guess maybe that also might have been its newness. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some of the best ones that we have, like people always talk really highly of like Sonic Colors, 2D, Sonic Generations. Half the game is in 2D. Uh, we also got Sonic Advance one and two. Uh, those were great. Sonic Rush, those were great. Oh, Sonic Rush was fantastic. Exactly, you know, but again, those were 2D. Uh, people even talk highly of Sonic Rivals, which was like the PSP only game, so those were 2D as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that at one point, BioWare made a Sonic RPG for the Game Boy Advance. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the Archie comic fans just roared into existence. Kenders! With an angry furor. <laughs> I don't know everything. I, I used to read the Archie comics back in the day when like the issues were in the 30s mm-hmm. and then stopped. But I, I do know that there was a controversy with like one of the Archie comics creators in that he created like a bunch of characters for Sonic the Hedgehog, but because like they couldn't find the paperwork that said, you know, that Sega owned these because it was created for a Sega property that he then could retain ownership of these characters that he created and then ended up like, you know, completely just ruining things. And so people, you know, screech his name in, in terror, but <laughs> and apparently uh Bioware used a lot of very similar themes from his work, so that's why that game, you know, didn't ever get like a reprint edition or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's a bit more about Sonic fandom than I ever wanted to know, but just it was so fascinating to read and it's just like Wait, Sonic the comic really got that involved? Maybe I should have kept reading. And I'm like, oh, wait, no. But then I'd be like those weird Sonic fans. <laughs> I was going to say, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure I saw a YouTube video once where they're explaining how in the Archie comics, Knuckles became his own grandpa or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I'm my own grandpa. Yeah, yep. I did the nasty and the basty. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 there was some weird incestuous stuff, evidently, with Knuckles in, in that series. Well, at least he'd uh, you know, be able to win against the big brain hive mind. <laughs> there you go. The big brain am winning again! <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I think that makes for another successful episode. Thank you for watching. Yes! Uh, if you'd like to support us, please like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends, leave us a comment. We'll read them on air. We'll discuss them. We'll tell you why your idea is a bad idea if it's a bad one. If it's a good one, we'll tell you it's a bad idea and take it for our own. And if not, (laughs) and if it's neither of those, we'll just laugh about it behind your back. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously, any any feedback we would honestly appreciate. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, game on.